0: Today on The Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. According to the Ontario Chamber of Commerce, interesting story. Uh, They're suggesting that uh, as we head towards the provincial budget in just a couple of days, the province needs to what they call modernize the cannabis sector uh, of our Ontario economy. It's only three years old, I get that, but uh, things haven't gone as, as swimmingly as a lot of people had hoped. So maybe it is time for some revisions and, and some some second thoughts about exactly how this thing's going to roll out and, and how effective it can be. Uh, and they talk about a number of different things here, including uh, cannabis bars, licensing actual locations for uh, consumption. Joining us to talk about this is uh, Mitchell Osek. Mitchell, of course, is the CEO of Quanta Consulting Incorporated. Uh, Mitchell, uh, great to have you on the show today. Thanks so much for the time. My pleasure, Bill. I, just mentioning this before the news break here, there were, there were some pretty high expectations. Excuse the pun, uh, when this industry was legalized about three years ago. I, I got the sense that even this government wasn't crazy about the idea, but they said, "Okay, that's it's the law of the land. Let's get this going." Uh, but the 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 whole course of this thing was supposed to be revenue generation for the the government and a and a booming industry. It hasn't really happened uh, to the extent that a lot of people thought it would. What what are some of the stumbling blocks that you've noticed?
1: Well, there's a there's a few things, and and I want to be you know clear from from the outset. The the biggest winners of legalization of cannabis across Canada, in addition to consumers, has been governments through their collection of excise taxes and other taxes. So so the governments, including the Ontario Cannabis Store, are actually making out quite well. It's the private sector, it's the industry that's suffering, and. The vast majority of them are not making money, and they're surviving. I would say month to month. So, if we look at why that's happened, you know, onerous and heavy regulations is obviously one of them, and the lack of cannabis consumption lounges and, and bars are a great example of that. But it, there was also sort of a rational exuberance. Everybody thought that all kinds of Canadians would be jumping to to consume cannabis and leave the illicit market. And that has happened. It's just taken a lot longer than people anticipated.
0: Let's, let's talk about the locations. And, and they mentioned something that I think we've talked about in the past, uh, you know, the clustering of, of, of outlets. Uh, you know, and it's not uncommon uh, to go to a particular street on, on a town, city, whatever the case might be, and actually see three or four of them within about a two or three block radius. Uh, and, and I know that you know that from a marketing standpoint, they say, well, that's good, that means that's a location. That, you, know, you want five shoe stores there, you want five hardware stores. Uh, but this is different because as you say there's there's not a whole lot uh, of availability here right now and uh, you know the more stores you have, I guess the, the less chance you have of the ones that are already in existence right now to actually show some sort of a profit. Uh, do they need to rethink exactly where these things are going to be located and, and, and how they're going to be licensed?
1: So, Bill, that's that's a six, excellent sixty four thousand dollar question, because on one hand, we don't regulate how many Tim Hortons or McDonald's are on a stretch of uh, of a, of a street or a road. And we let the we let capitalism determine, you know, which stores are going to flourish there. The issue with cannabis stores is that there are federal as well as municipal regulations about where you can put these. So, for example, according to the Cannabis Act, you can't put stores close to schools. So you tend to get clustering because in, in a major city like Toronto, and there are many others that have high density, you can imagine that you have stores and other and daycares um, pretty close to certain areas, and you consequently can't have a retail store there. The other complicating factor is that there is, I think, roughly two and a half to three million Canadian, uh, sorry, Ontarians that live in communities like Mississauga, Vaughan, that are not allowed to have stores. The municipalities have said there are no legal cannabis stores allowed there. So you partially get clustering because there are major swaths of Ontario that are not allowed to have legal
0: cannabis stores. So that's, that's something that needs to be addressed. And I, I suppose the other element to this, and I guess this goes back to the success or lack thereof, I guess, uh, for some of the retailers, uh, is is the, the market itself. One of the numbers that I saw that I think it's got to be troubling to the industry anyway, Mitchell, is... Uh, uh, an awful lot of of the purchase of this stuff is still being done on the black market. In, in other words, we thought this was going to, well, I heard some officials say this was going to wipe out the black market. That certainly hasn't happened, but uh, a number of consumers and customers have basically said, I'm going back there uh, to where I purchased this stuff four or five years ago because I just don't like what I'm getting uh, in these licensed stores, the service, the, the, the product, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, how do you clean that up?
1: Again, excellent point. Um, I'll start with, with with two points of my own. One okay. is that you will never get rid of the illicit cannabis market, just like we haven't gotten rid of the illicit tobacco, um, tobacco market. So even in older, mature states in the United States, like Colorado, for example, you still have 10 to 20 percent of all cannabis consumption being purchased through the illicit cannabis economy. So the question is, what is success? Right now, We haven't been as successful as we should be. You're right. It's roughly 40, 50 percent of all cannabis is still bought illegally. That's a problem. But I think a lot of that has to do with the regulations, particularly concerning edibles and so on, where you don't have the same THC limits that you have in the legal Uh economy. So so for those kinds of products, it's still very appealing from a cost, service and product perspective to buy it illegally. For flour, you know, smokable flour and pre-rolls, what we're seeing is a lot of former illicit buyers moving into the legal economy because prices and quality, quality is improving substantially and prices are coming down quickly.
0: Uh, I got about a minute left here. Do you, do you get the sense, Mitchell, that the the government uh, is is going to be listening? I saw. I'm sure you saw some of the points the Ontario Chamber was recommending. A lot of the stuff that you've been talking about for the last little while uh, about, as you say, uh, having facilities that to actually sit and enjoy uh, the product as opposed to having to buy it and take it to wherever you're going. Uh, is there a willingness uh, by the government here to say, yeah, we we've got to do more here to help this industry along?
1: Well, great question. Is there willingness? Yes. At, you know, at a 10,000 foot level, is there courage and grit to make it happen uh, soon? Um, I don't see it. It will happen eventually. Uh, the problem in Canada is that we tend to go very slow. Uh, we're, we, we political change happens incrementally, and everybody is concerned about risk. Yes, there are certain issues about smoking indoors uh, because of cigarette bans and so on and so forth, but there's no valid health or social or business reason why you can't have cannabis consumption bars and lounges.
0: Well, we'll follow the story and, uh, and certainly be touching base with you on a timely basis from time to time to see just where the government's going on this. Uh, I know the Ontario Ch- Chamber would like to see uh, some sort of progress on this uh, as early as the next Ontario budget, which is just a few days away. Uh, that may be wishful thinking, but uh, you've got to start sometime, I guess. Mitchell, as always, thank you for the input today. Really appreciate it. Have a great day, Bill. Thank you. You too. Mitchell Osak, uh, CEO of Quantic Consulting Incorporated and the cannabis industry here in the province of Ontario, could use a helping hand from the government. It's all about revenue, but it's also about successful entrepreneurial uh, spirit to try to create new businesses. And uh, that's where the government can come in handy. Just give them that foundation. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.